Good morning. So is anyone like me at the moment that they don't like to get out of bed in the morning? We've just swapped bedrooms from the front of our house because it was noisy to the back of our house. It was like moving house. It's been... Uh, Richard did, yes, Richard did most of it, but I did all the titivating afterwards, and it was all, it's all lovely now, but I find it really hard to get up in the morning, especially now the seasons are changing, and it's dark, it's dark in the morning, isn't it? Um, and I'm all cosy and warm in my snuggly duvet, and the alarm goes off on the iPhone, doesn't it? And does anybody else press the snooze button? And I say to Richard, babe, another five minutes, another five minutes. And they snooze button again another five minutes later. And then I put on Good Morning Britain. Is anybody else like this? And then I make a bargain with myself. And I think, right, at five, two, I'll get up. Or after this news piece is finished, I'll get up. Or at five past, I'll get up. And each time, the, the time keeps going on. And eventually, I get up, whisk myself in and out of the shower in a, in a flash, um, wishing I'd got up earlier, wishing I'd washed my hair, forgetting my lunch, forgetting my glasses, um, and then get to work and spend the whole day thinking, tomorrow will be different, I want to get up, and I won't press the snooze button. However, Richard gets up on the first alarm, he's up out of bed, goes to the gym, has had an hour in, hour in the gym by the time I get to work. Yeah. So we're all different, aren't we? Very righteous, Richard. So anyway, today my message is called It's Time to Draw a Line. And, it, it, and really, it's really about um, time to stop pressing the snooze button on some of the things that we have in our lives that we just don't want to deal with. Some stuff from our past, maybe. Some stuff that we've done. Some stuff that we've done. Some stuff that has been done to us. And we just keep pressing the snooze button and thinking, I don't want to deal with that. So a quick recap of where we're up to. We've been on a series um, called In the Beginning about we're looking through the Genesis story and how God made the world and everything in it, that he declared it was good. And then he made man and then he made woman and he declared that they were very good. And I loved how John Andrews phrased it last week. And it's really, you know, it's quite a, a fresh, it's not a fresh revelation, is it? But sometimes things just resonate with you, don't they? And I loved that he reminded us that we were pleasing to God before we even did anything. Before we did anything, we were pleasing to God. Before, you know, they did any work, that they were pleasing to God. You know, because we're all, they were, but we are all made in his image. And our worth is found in who we are in that not as actually what we do. Our identity can be found in that. And we need to seek him and not anything else for our worth. You know, and I love that he said that, that phrase that stuck with me this week, we are human beings, not human doings. And how often do we become human doings to try and please God or other people? And then we go further on in the story and we see Eve dealing with temptation and the whispers of the serpent, the devil, and the question of, did really God, did God really say that? making her doubting, God, have we had those whispers? We have, haven't we? And then we see Eve falling for the temptation, those whispers, and she sins. And then she blames, she does the blame game, doesn't she? I think Sue spoke about this. He, she made me do it. We do that, don't we, as well? But then the consequences, she had, she had those consequences from God when we do things that aren't right. And for them, the consequences were, was that they were banished from the Garden of Eden, that perfect place, and that they now um, had to work uh, the land to produce their food and, and to provide for themselves and that there would be pain in childbirth. A few of us know about that, don't we? Particularly Helena recently. <laughs> um, so what I, what I love about God is, although we, you know, there was consequences and there is consequences, but he had grace through that, didn't he? And overriding love for Adam and Eve, you know, despite their disobedience, despite their sin, God walked with them out of the garden. He didn't leave them on their own. He didn't reject them. He clothed them, he preserves them, and he shows them mercy. That's our God. 
He, and then the amazing thing about this story is he came up with a rescue plan. And he warns Satan that his days are numbered, that his rule, his authority, his power will be crushed. And this will be through a man out of the line of Adam and Eve. And we know that to become as Jesus, don't we? You know, and Jesus, Jesus, we've sang about it today, through his death on the cross, gives us that ultimate and eternal victory over sin and the power of Satan. You know, on the cross, Satan is disarmed and defeated. We have that hope. Jesus came so we can enjoy life and life to the full through accepting him and living, him living within us. And it gives us the power to overcome all those things and all the schemes of the enemy. You know, God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for you. I've said it before, but I'll say it again because we need reminding. You know, he has blessings that are just for you, nobody else. He loves you. Does you don't have to do anything. He loves you. And he wants to see you confidently walking in that identity and that worth that he gave you. That's your birthright. You know, but how often are we living in that? How often are we standing tall, confident in who we are and not what we do? You know, and that is because we do still have an enemy that prowls around, looking at ways to distract us, to whisper in our ears. Even today, for me, you're not good enough to do this. Who do you think you are? You're not qualified to stand up there and talk to those people. Who's that? Whose voice is that? It's not God's. You know, he looks at ways to distract us, to take us off course, to rob us of our joy, our peace, confuse us. How often are we confused? You know, and as, as John spoke the other day, it's good to wrestle with God. We have to wrestle with God sometimes, don't we? Or, God, or, or the whispers will say, do you remember when you did this all those years ago? Do you remember that? You can't do that now because you did that then. God will never use you. Just settle for something else, second best. You know, his mission is to ultimately destroy us. And whose voice are you listening to most? Yeah. That's a battle sometimes, isn't it? You know, we all know, don't we, there's consequences when we do things that we shouldn't. A little story, a silly story, really, but it'll get my point across, hopefully. I remember as a child, I used to really like making um, golden, um, you know, cornflake cakes. Does anybody else remember making those? They're quite an old-fashioned thing to do now, aren't they? But cornflake cakes, see a few nods, wait, golden syrup, cho hot chocolate uh, mixed with um, butter and, and cornflakes. And, and one, one Sunday, I was probably about, I don't know, about 12, 13, I said to my mum, I said, can I make some after lunch? And she said, yes, yes, gosh, can, darling. So off I went to the kitchen and made these, probably ate quite a lot out of the saucepan as well that I was doing them, but put them in cupcakes and put them in the fridge to, to eat. And then about an hour later, I said to my mum, I said, mum, can, can I have a cupcake? Can I have one of those now? They're probably set. And she said, yes, yes, darling, but just one because it'll spoil your tea. So I trot off into the kitchen and one leads to two, two leads to three, five, five, cakes later I'm feeling a bit sick and I went back into the lounge and my mum said you're looking a bit green darling how many did you have oh only one mum and then guess what I was sick and literally the truth was on display literally everywhere now that's a silly example isn't it but you get the idea of consequence there don't we you know and I work with people you know we work with people as a church when you give your money and your ties that Rich has mentioned it goes in so we can work with people and we do that day to day and we work with people whose consequences of their actions uh, may have led to them a spell in prison maybe Maybe that's some of you in here. You know, I talk to people who, through addictions, have lost any relationship with their families. You know, I meet people that, because of somebody else's action and abuse, has left them um, feeling ashamed and broken. You know, I sit heartbroken and listen to young people, or adults even, people my age or older, who, because of actions of loved ones, maybe a marriage breakdown when they were young, has left them feeling rejected and confused. 
because that happened to them when they were children. You know, but Jesus came so we didn't have to live in that. He came so we could be overcomers. We can have the strength to overcome temptation, to keep making the same mistakes time and time again. He came so we, with his strength and power, we can turn away from our sin and make better choices. We can form new habits and we can walk into a future full of peace and purpose. And he came so that despite what we've done in our past, that we, you know, we can draw a line, that when we accept Jesus, we can draw a line. He does draw a line and we can move on from pain, shame, darkness and confidently walk with our head held high into all the promises that he has for us. You know, and for some of us today, it's time to stop pressing snooze on some of those things that you think you can't do or you won't get past or you keep doing. You can, and it's time to draw a line. Isaiah 43, 19, forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. See, I am doing a new thing. It springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You know, our hope, our joy, our peace should never be based on what we can see, what we feel or what's in our past. You know, people are so quick to point out things that we've done in our past, aren't they? Do you remember when he did that 20 years ago? And it's as if we have to live in that. We don't. If we've accepted Jesus and we've dealt with that and we've asked for God's forgiveness, then you are forgiven and you no longer need to live in guilt and shame. Jesus didn't live, didn't die for you to live like that any longer. He has things for you to do. He will use your past. He will use your mistakes. He's used mine. He uses our failings. You know, our hope needs to be found in Jesus and his promises for our lives, nothing else, which are found in his words, his word and a relationship with him, not our feelings or the words of others or the whispers of the enemy. You know, enough is enough. We could do a whole series, couldn't we, on people who God used from the Bible who had made massive mistakes and wrongdoings, that he used them. He turned their hearts around and he used them. We could do a whole series on all those people. In fact, God tended to use those people, didn't he, more than the, the perfect good people sometimes. He used the people that had, he need, who needed him most. You know, maybe today for you, enough is enough. You know, if you have accepted Jesus, as Richard said before, God's spirit lives within us. And one of the fruits of the spirit is joy, despite all the stuff that we've had. Not just a happy feeling, but a deep contentment, unshakable peace, despite our circumstances, despite your past, despite your history. You know, you are a new creation once you've accepted Jesus. Maybe you've not accepted Jesus today. Maybe today the day is that your slate can be wiped clean and you can move into your future. You can be completely set free and healed from stuff in the past. And that is possible, but only with God's help. So I'm just going to talk about four quick things to help us with this. And the first one is, is to be led by God's Holy Spirit. Proverbs 16 verse 9 says, A man's mind plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps and makes them sure. You know, are you in step with the Holy Spirit today? We've welcomed him in in our songs and our words this morning, but did you mean it? Have you drowned out that still small voice with other noises or sin or habits and distractions? You know, God wants to lead you. He wants to direct you. He wants to check you. He wants to correct you if needed. He wants to encourage you and teach you, but only when we're paying attention and listening in and leaning into his small still voice. You know, God gives us that free will, doesn't he? He gives us a choice. He gave Adam and Eve a choice, but he has so much more to show us. 
and a better way if we allow ourselves to be led by his spirit. You know, you don't need to muddle through it on your own. God wants to give you strength to help you, but you need to be willing to let go. Sometimes that's painful. And sometimes we find our identity and our pain from the past, that we're comfortable there. We're comfortable in our story. We're comfortable in repeating it. We're comfortable in living in it. Maybe it's time to let go because God's got something better for you. You can overcome. God is shifting you into something fresh and new. He won't leave you stranded, but he wants you to trust him. Second point, be quick to forgive. Now, John Andrews is going to speak a bit more deeper in this. It's a massive, massive topic, but I wanted to touch on it briefly today. You know, and joy can be restored when we forgive. Forgive others and forgive ourselves. You know, and I'm not underestimating how difficult and painful this can be, but unforgiveness can stop us in our tracks sometimes. And sometimes for years and years and years, we can be stuck in unforgiveness. And it prevents us growing into all the things that God has for us as it consumes us and robs us of our joy and peace. In Alpha last week, we were on week four or five, I can't remember now, um, but we watched a clip from Corrie Ten Boom, and she was a victim of um, the Second World War and the mass killing of Jews. And she had, she's an old lady now, and she had every right to be stuck in unforgiveness and hate and bitterness, to be living in that, reliving that, talking about it. But you know what? She spoke so powerfully on this subject, and she said, we can't forgive. She couldn't forgive. But with God with us, she could and she did. It was so powerful after all that she'd been through. None of us have been through quite that much bad stuff, have we? But you could see the freedom in her eyes. I love watching Corrie speak. Maybe Google her after. Just look at her eyes. The love of Jesus flows out of her eyes. The peace, the joy that she had found through forgiveness. She's not living in the horrors of her past any longer, but in the fullness of all Jesus has got for her. Amazing, absolutely amazing. You know, maybe you need to forgive yourself. I've been here. You know, we're not perfect, are we? I've not been perfect. And this can be a biggie for some people, that you feel you can't forgive yourself for some stuff that you've done in the past, but you can. God wants to set you free from shame and guilt. He wants you to draw a line and be free. I've experienced that. It's true. You know, sometimes we need help with that, don't we? We need somebody to walk alongside us. We have bridge counseling here. You know, if if that's something that you need to help you with that, please avail yourself of that service. You know, don't let anything, do whatever you need to do to stop yourself being robbed of the life that Jesus came for you and died for you to have. Thirdly, live a life of obedience. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, we need to keep in step with God, don't we? You know, we can all so easily slip into making our own plans for our lives. You know, we're quiet. We want our own way, don't we? Our futures, you know, where we work, how we deal with our finances. And, you know, sometimes we don't want to include God. We think we know best, don't we? You know, but God asks us to submit to him. He asks us to uh, living in a life of surrender to him. Now, that can sound quite controlling and difficult as a new Christian. But actually, you know what? God knows best. He knows us better than anybody. We're his children. And as we get to know God and we journey with him, we want to please him. As we fall more in love with him and we un- understand his outrageous love for us, that he only wants the very best for us. A life of surrender and obedience is e- is becomes easy because we want to, and it becomes a natural way of life. You know, we understand that God's, God has our best interest at heart. Like a parent, 
you know, even like teaching a child to, I was with Ari on Friday and crossing a road and I stopped her in her tracks and she wanted to go across the road and I saw the danger of the road and she felt stopped in her tracks. But me as, as her grandparent was thinking, no, we've got to wait, we've got to look for the traffic and I'm, I'm trying to teach her the best way for her future. You know, there is no better, safer place to put your hands in with is in God's hands. You know, let God lead you. Let God teach you. Let God instruct you gently. He will gently guide you and change you and help you to become more like him and your character. You know, obedience, the right obedience can give us great joy. And finally, it's time to be yourself. You know, it's hard work trying to be something that you're not, isn't it? We all do that sometimes, don't we? And we need to stop comparing ourselves to others. You know, we really do. We do it all the time, don't we? Maybe it's people on the telly or your peers or somebody you think is better than you or more perfect than you. You know, when God has made you in his image, whoever you are, you are welcome in his kingdom. Whatever you've done in your past, whatever you're doing now, you know, God wants to meet you where you are now. And he wants you to, you know, walk in step with him. You know, God has given you talents and abilities that are absolutely unique to you alone. And he absolutely delights in you. You know, when we try to be somebody that we're not, we're going to miss out on the things that he's got uniquely for us. The beautiful life that he's planned just for you. You know, do you really accept God's love for you? Do you really? Or are you just saying, no, that's not for me. That might be for you, but it's not for me. God can't really love me like that with what I've done or what I've said. Even if you've been a Christian here forever, we can still fall into that trap, don't we? Of thinking, does God really love me like that? And my prayer today as we come back into worship and we're going to come into communion is that you have that revelation again of God's love for you, of his purpose for you. If you're just being enough is enough. You know, so much healing is found in that personal presence and revelation of Jesus. Have you got trapped in a mindset maybe or a habit that's drowned out that still small voice of the Holy Spirit? You know, let God's presence restore your perspective today. Let forgiveness take place. Do you need to forgive or do you need to forgive yourself? Do you need to surrender to God again and ask that God, that God to help you make that to be a desire, not a necessity? Do you need healing to take place? We're going to take communion this morning. We're going to do it where the stewards, just so we can try and be as safe as possible still, the stewards will give you your individual pieces of bread um, as well. But we're doing this as a reminder today of that ultimate rescue plan that I started with. That ultimate rescue plan that was set in motion right from the, in the beginning in the Garden of Eden. That reminder that Jesus died to free us from our sin, from our guilt and shame and give us, if we accept him, that's the step we need to take and give us life and life to the full. Isaiah 43, 19, reminder, forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. I am doing a new thing. It springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. You know, as, we, as the band start playing and we go into communion now, they're going to um, play a piece over us. We're not going to join in in this piece as we come forward for communion. I think there's four tables um, around the room, two at the back and two at the front. And this is an opportunity as well for us to take communion, to get ourselves back right with God. Maybe you need to examine your heart and ask God whether there's anything that is holding you back from what he, you know, what he has for you. 
Maybe you're stuck in the past and you're unable to move on. You know, we want to pray for you this morning. So as you, maybe before going to communion, maybe you need to, somebody to stand with you to pray for you. We've got a whole prayer team and people who will stand with you and pray for you. Are you struggling to forgive? Or are you struggling to forgive yourself? You know, let us stand with you. Let us say enough enough to that today. Come on. I, I know how hard it is to forgive. I've been there. And you can do it. And you there's freedom, so much freedom in that. Do you not feel worthy? Let us pray that God showers you with his immeasurable love, outrageous love that he has just for you. Have you lost your joy? Have you lost your joy? Come and get prayed for. Don't waste any more time today pressing the snooze button and thinking, I'll deal with that later. No, come on. God's got so much more for you than that. God is here. He wants us to enter his presence. He wants us to get ourselves right with him. So we're going to take communion now. We invite you to come and get prayed for. Don't worry what people think. Don't listen to the whispers of the enemy. And just come and get yourselves right with God and in partaking communion as well. Thank you, Ben. <laughs>